Welcome to I Have Some Notes Side Notes Edition. I Have Some Notes is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Financial. My name is Colin McIntyre. I'm Scott C. Bourgeois. I'm Greg Beaver. And joining us on the podcast day is uh, local comedian superstar, Liam Creswick. Hello. Liam, welcome to the show. Thanks for this having me. This your, is your, your second, third time here. Third. Third time here. Look at that. He's yeah. got his little card. Yeah. We can, so we can stamp it because he gets yes. a free soda after 10. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, he gets a free podcast. <laughs> he gets a free, free podcast, yeah. So uh, this episode of Side Notes is going to be an interesting one we haven't done before. And going to be, uh, I think it's going to be a lot, a, lot, a lot of fun. We're going to do sort of a summer, predict, summer blockbuster prediction movie show. But uh, so uh, we obviously we know which movies are coming out. We're not going to predict how much money they're going to make. We're going to predict what the uh, the Rotten Tomatoes rating is going to be for these movies. And what we're going to do is I, is I got my handy-dandy writing instrument called a pen and a piece of paper, and I'm going to write down everyone's predictions. And after the summer's over, uh, we're going to go back, we're going to look, and we're going to see how smart we are or how good we are at predicting the future in movies. Now, as we record this episode, uh, it is... Avengers Infinity War Eve. Yes. Uh, that movie is dropping as we speak. Yeah. And uh, so obviously we're not going to bring that up. No. Uh, because by the time you hear our dulcet tones, the movie will already have smashed all box office records. Yeah. yeah. And, so, have, and have like 900% on Rotten Tomatoes. Indeed. So everyone's laughing and weeping in the streets at the same time. So really the, the first movie that will be coming up probably around the time that this episode drops would be a different superhero movie with a very different sensibility. Deadpool two, Deadpool two. Who wants, who wants to, who wants to throw their prediction on this one first? Uh, I like, I like the trailer. The last trailer with the uh, with what's the uh, the was it a Dale or something like that where there was just like a just oh, like regular a dude guy? who joined yeah like a regular dude who joined the superhero team uh, that was very mm-hmm. that was very funny yeah uh, I don't know it looks it looks pretty good the uh, uh, I I kind of uh, I kind of trust that series I'm thinking I'm thinking it's gonna land in the sort of the seventy five percent range seventy five percent I'm going to go higher than that. I'm going to say it's going to be mid-80s. Let's go 85. 85% for Scott. Liam. Uh, I'm, I want to go on record as saying I'm disappointed John Hamm was not cast as Cable. Uh, that that really took a, took the steam out of it for me. <laughs> but I will think I, that first movie was excellent, and I think this one's going to be one of the rare sequels that is as good, if not better. Uh, I'm going to swing big and go for 90. Whoa, yeah. look at that. Wow, every, every everyone's much more optimistic than I put. I put 70%, and the reason I put 70% is I kind of, like, I think it's going to be fine. I think it's going to be funny. I think it's going to be... Uh, uh, I'm wondering, wondering in is if and when superhero fatigue is going to start to leach in, and it's you know it's got more characters in it. You know, Deadpool one had Deadpool and like uh, a couple of the X Men, and that was it. Now there's more people to throw around, so yeah, I think it's going to miss the mark a little bit. But seventy percent is still pretty good. It's also a different director, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Is that correct? So yeah, ooh yeah. Mm. So, so we'll that s- kind of makes it a kind of a bit more of a wild card, yeah. I guess, when you've got uh, when you got different uh, creative people behind the uh, the yeah. camera. I, yeah. I can see them trying to recreate the magic and failing. Yeah, like that first one had a bit of a like. No one's gonna want to see this, so let's just go wild with it. And yeah, then it was a hit because yeah. it was so creative. Yeah, it might. Pirates of the Caribbean itself, yeah. Where yeah. the first one is really quite good, and then the second one they try to capture lightning in the bottle twice, and they yeah. somehow foul it up yeah. because they're trying to manufacture all of the little things that went right yeah. the first time that were out of their control. Yeah, that's possible. That's legit. Right. 
so the, yeah. the the first Deadpool was eighty three on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way, just for oh, okay. just for reference points. So I feel I'm justified in giving it a, a sequel to it seventy five. Yeah. The, the, yeah, no. the trend does to go tend to go downwards I, with sequels. I love Deadpool. So I'm <laughs> swinging big. I have all of the comics. Now, uh, are we going prices right rules here? I think for so. who is who is closest without going over? I think so. Okay. Yeah. It was okay. So we go to the next movie. Uh, sure. I guess Colin looked at me, so I guess I'm announcing the yeah, movies now. I've set precedence. Yes. Um, before we move on, there are two other movies coming out the same weekend as Deadpool two, and uh, knowing nothing about them, but just going off the titles, I want Book Club to be a remake of Fight Club set <laughs> set in a library. Yeah. And Show Dogs is obviously the glamorous sequel to Snow Dogs, right? It's nope. the new Kubu. Gooding Jr. movie, except he takes his sled dog team and they're now in like a fashion show. Right? I, actually, I looked these up. You're not far off on Snow Dogs, um, except I think I think they're cops and it's Will Arnett. Okay, fair oh, enough. And man. book club is Diane Keaton and a bunch of other Diane Keatons. Diane Keatoning? Diane Keatoning around. I was kind of hoping it would be sort of like an, uh, a sequel to Best in Show, but from the dog's perspective. <laughs> Are we telling? Okay, so the next big yeah, movie. dogs can improv. Yeah. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Uh, the next big movie coming out uh, this summer that meets our blockbuster criteria would be May 25th. It would be Solo, A Star Wars Story. A movie in which Han Solo is not solo. He's got a bunch of other people with him, yeah. like a Lando and a Chewie. And a lady person who I don't recognize from any Daenerys Targaryen time. space dragons. Or sure. Yeah, this movie very famously had a lot of turmoil behind the scenes yeah. after uh, Phil and Chris Lord were uh, unceremoniously fired. Yeah, there's um, uh, there's been a lot of uncertainty about this one, even amongst like the online Star Wars fan community. But then again, they. They like they, a lot of Star Wars fans love to hate Star Wars movies. Sure, yeah. I feel like there's there's so been a, a lot cert- of non-Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think there's also a lot of uncertainty just from like a, a whether Star Wars fatigue is already going to set in. Then again, superhero fatigue still hasn't quite set in. So but yeah, you said yeah. what I was going to say, which is like I'm tired of Star Wars movies. I don't know about you guys, but yeah. Yeah, I think like the the thing with superheroes is at least you can make a superhero setting in just about anywhere. Like it can be yeah. in space, it can be on Earth, it can be in an altered dimension or whatever. Or Star you can Wars subvert is subverted in some kind of way, like Deadpool did with comedy. Or yeah, yeah, sorry. yeah. There's lots of different ways to go. Whereas so far, uh, when they've been making Star Wars films, they've always maintained the Star Wars tone and aesthetic, uh, and uh, and and Have maintain. They, because the prequels did not really maintain the Star Wars tone and aesthetic from the original trilogy. Well, I don't know. That's I, why history I, will be I'd fight to them. <laughs> I'd fight you on that. I think they did. I mean, they're not as good a movies as the original trilogy, but I think they're, I think they're, they're striking more or less the same tone. Fair enough. Well, who wants who wants to throw out the first rating? Uh, sure. I I think the movie will be fine. I'm going to say it's going to hit sixty five. 65% from Scott. I think this is uh, the beginning of the end for, for Star Wars in terms of uh, critical response. Uh, I feel like uh, um, Rogue One got uh, some some favorable reviews when maybe it didn't deserve it. Uh, so 45%. Oh. I think, I think uh, 
further to your point, I think Solo is definitely a bit of a trial balloon for future Star Wars spinoffs. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't do well, they might just be like, yeah, that Yoda movie we've been talking about, pfft, gone. <laughs> so. so Just like X-Men Origins Wolverine that was supposed to have X-Men Origins Magneto once upon a time. Yep. And... Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. I mean, we can also go off the track record of, of Star Wars and prequels. And, yeah. uh, and the majority <laughs> of them have stuck. <laughs> Liam, what are you giving Solo? Uh, since we're going, we're going uh, Price is Right rules, I think uh, in, in spite of how it might not be all that great, it's still a, a blockbuster Disney movie. Uh, so I'm going to just Price is Right you and say 66. <laughs> See? I thought you were going to go 1%. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, I actually... <laughs> I'm the closest without going over. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going to go lower than Greg. I actually had Solo at 40%. Fair enough. Because I feel like this is going to be a big swing and a miss. I think where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I don't know. I you know I'm I would put myself as a, in a as a once upon a time big Star Wars fan now, kind of getting tired of these movies, and so we're just getting a little bit tired of Star Wars just of the frequency of them. And yeah, I have really I have no intention of watching this in the theater at all. So forty percent. Yeah, I actually you know what's funny. Like, I don't have any intention of watching it in the theater either. Unless, like, if the if the reviews come out and and they oh, are oh, stellar, yeah. then I'll be like, all right, fine, I'll go see the stupid movie. But uh, if they uh, if the reviews start dropping and it's and it's pretty middling, then I'll just wait. Skipping a few weekends, uh, we move on to June eighth, where Oceans Eight hits theaters. Oceans Eight, the eighth in the Oceans series. Now, <laughs> this is this is the one with the all ladies Oceans, correct? That's yes. correct. Yeah. Yes, Sander Bullock. Uh, Kate, Kate Blanchett, Blanchett, Anne Hathaway, Dakota Fanning, Olivia Munn, uh, Helen Bonham Carter, Sarah Paulson. Yeah, they had good cast. They had some, too. They'd had some trepidation about doing more Ocean's movies after Bernie Mac had died, as I recall, because he was one of the rebooted Ocean's eight, eight yeah. and was, uh, well, 11, I suppose it was, yeah. the Ocean's 11 at the time, um, and uh, was uh, considered a pretty integral character to the franchise and his death they were all like oh we feel a little weird making more without him as i recall so it's interesting that they decided to keep the franchise alive by switching it to lady characters yeah i think it's a good way to go get a new fresh perspective on the on the heist uh theme who doesn't love a heist movie? Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't love an all-lady heist movie? Yeah. Has, wait, has there been an all-lady heist movie before? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume probably not because sexism. But yeah, uh, yeah. you never know. I could be wrong. I uh, Caper movies are n- not my forte. I don't mind them, but I've... Oh, I, love a, I love a caper movie over, but, over an action movie for sure. Fair enough. And I've never been super into the, the kind of caper genre. I haven't seen many of the Ocean's Eleven movies. So it's, uh, yeah, couldn't say. I find what, what was, what's charming about the Ocean's movies is that they're, they're so performance-driven. Like a lot of it, a lot of it is just really just enjoying the interactions of all the different characters and the, and the, and the plot. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. There's, <laughs> there's a heist and things happen and, and everything, but... And I'm I'm actually looking forward to see what that looks like with uh, Sandra Bullock and company. Mm-hmm. Think it'll be metabombed by angry nerds and neckbeards online who are uh, just angry that the that another movie's been gender flipped. I don't know. I I kind of feel like that has maybe we've we've crossed our fingers, gotten past it. Fair enough. Well, um, 
Personally, I think that it uh, it will do okay. I'm going to give it a 70. I'm going to say the critics give it a 70%. I think um, the director, Gary Ross, has uh, directed one of my favorite movies of all time, which is Pleasant View. Or Pleasantville, sorry. Mm. Pleasantville is probably a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think uh, given the track record, I'm going to say 88 are you doing what I was doing, which I was just going to make sure there was an eight in my <laughs> selection? I'll say 78. I am going to go, uh, yeah, I'm actually kind of with you guys. I'm going to go 80%. I think it's going to, the audience, it's going to, people are like, people might just say, you know, I need a break from all the superheroes. This looks kind of fun. And uh, yeah, I think I think people will enjoy it. It'll be a good romp, as they, as they like to say. So skipping ahead a week, we come to June 15th and The Incredibles 2. I think it's going to be a race for the top, isn't it? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. When did Incredibles 1 come out? I feel like, like this is a while ago. It's, I, I want to say it's like 10 years old. Yeah. yeah. About a decade. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's a long-anticipated sequel. Is it really? Yeah, I think it's kind of regarded as Pixar's best movie. It's certainly up there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely one of the top five, I'd say. But then on the other hand, Pixar has not the best track record with sequels overall. Yeah, unless they're a Toy Story sequel. The, those are the outliers, though. Yeah. yeah. So it's... it's well, what a, are the other sequels? Cars 2. Finding Dory. Oh, Finding Dory was... Finding okay. Dory was okay. I, no, that octopus was out of the tank for far too long. That <laughs> made no sense. He drove a truck at one point. That's... <laughs> uh, Finding Dory is okay. Uh, Cars 2 is not so good. Um, but... Toy Story 2 and 3 are good, mm-hmm. and they, they do definitely build on that. Monsters University is also okay. Um, generally speaking, their sequels are okay, with the with one notable outlier. So I'm going to say that this is going to get a critical okay, <laughs> and I'm going to wager 65%. Whew, that's Which is low. low for a Pixar movie, yeah. but... Yeah. I, th- I think Pixar can't, like, they just, they can't do badly. Like, it's just not in their... Um, well, I mean, I guess Cars 2 would suggest it was, but uh, I'm going to go, I'll go 75, 75. See, I, I, th- I think that, um, um, critics love Pixar movies just in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, maybe that gives it a little bit of a, little bit of a pass, even if it, even if it doesn't, uh, rock their world. So I'm thinking it still hits, uh, a cool 95. Wow, 95 from Greg. Uh, I'm uh, going kind of middle of the pack here. I'm actually going 70% uh, just because I feel like, yeah, because I feel like the sequels are, (laughs) yeah, they never really hit right. And, like, I like Incredibles. The thing I always heard about Incredibles was that, the argument was that it was always, it was, like, the best Fantastic Four movie that's been made. Mm -hmm. Um, But, again, I was still sort of surprised when they were making it So because it was kind of like, did kid were for people really clamoring for an Incredibles too? I, I get, I guess they were because they're making it. So and um, there was a lot of excitement when the uh, trailer hit. I'm just I'm concerned that Pixar won't be able to deliver. Yeah, yeah. Considering that we're playing uh, prices right rules, I'm really giving myself a pretty narrow window of victory here. It's gotta, <laughs> it's gotta get in. Uh, it was way hidden five percent. That's okay. Or else, or else I lose. Um, now, the same weekend as The Incredibles 2, another movie comes out, a comedy movie that Liam Kreswick is super excited about. And it's just, he's vibrating to talk about it. As I mentioned, I'm a big John Hamm fan. Uh, and so, in lieu of him being Cable, I'm excited for him to play Tag. 
Uh, yeah, it's a flick called Tag, uh, which I I saw as soon as I saw the trailers. Like, this is great. This looks delightful. I guess it's based on a true story about a bunch of friends who spend the entire month of May playing tag. Year. Yeah, playing <laughs> tag every every May for the last ten years or something, which I think is kind of a cool premise. And then the one like uh, what's the guy's name? Plays Hawkeye. Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner has never been tagged. His character is like sort of the villain by way of being the one friend who's uh, never been it. Nice. Um, but yeah, I just I love John Hamm. Um, I also like there's always like a good midsummer comedy and like there have varying degrees of success and I always think that the in recent memory the like quintessential summer comedy that just like took over the cultural zeitgeist is the first hangover movie and I think this has the potential to be a hangover level wow. of like part of the part of the sort of like you know we'll, we'll spawn a whole new genre it's got of, it's yeah. definitely got a premise that's that could be a good hook yeah. For people to get and jump into. Like people will be quoting it or people will. Who doesn't who doesn't relate to playing tag, right? Yeah. 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 Especially yeah. high stakes grown up tag. <laughs> well, over the span the of a month. Like so many so many comedies try to do physical comedy and it's like it can be so I mean, how, how many times can you watch Kevin James fall down and hurt himself? But like this has that panache of like mature comedy, like the hangover with lots of opportunity for physical humor, you know, crashing into things and stunts and stuff. And so I I'm Probably wishful thinking, but I have very high hopes. I'm going to put this. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give two two guesses. One is my actual just a guess, and then one I'm going to see how close I was to the Hangover because I'm really gunning for this. So I'm going to guess 85, and I'm also going to guess within five percent of whatever the Hangover is. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I agree. I think you know. Usually there is like one big hit comedy. In a year, yeah. Tag definitely has a star-studded cast and uh, could definitely uh, reach that. And if it is indeed funny, yeah. then uh, it could uh, it could do very well. But how well do critics regard comedies? Therein lies the mitigating factor because we're guessing the critical rating. So I am going to guess that it's going to hit seventy on Rotten Tomatoes because comedy is very subjective. Yeah. But if it's very funny, I think the majority of critics would go with it. Yeah. Which is also because most of the actors in it are not, like, they have comedic chops, but mm-hmm. they're not people, like, they're not Seth Rogen and company, or they're not, ugh, like, Adam Sandler and company. Like, it's, yeah. it's, because it's John Hamm, um, Jeremy Renner, hang on, I forget. Looking at it right now, it's got Ed Helms in it, yeah, Ed J- Helms, J- yep. Jake Johnson, Annabelle Wallace, uh, Hannibal Burris, uh, Isla Fisher, Rashida Jones, Leslie Bibb, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Yeah, it's yes. a pretty star-studded cast. Comedy yeah. of the summer. Yeah. But not necessarily one of the uh, typical groups of uh, of uh, com- uh, comedians uh, doing Neither it. Neither was The Hangover. That's, That's true. true. Yeah, that is that true. Is true. Yeah. Uh, Greg, do you want to throw throw down a rating for this one? Um, I'm kind of thinking along the same lines as uh, as Scott that uh, that critics it, as a as a group don't always agree on comedies. It's kind of the same with uh, horror movies. If if a horror movie scores fifty percent, I'm like, ah, that's probably all right. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I'll say sixty percent. Sixty percent. I'm not not to be the Debbie Downer of the bunch here, <laughs> but uh, you. So I I was intrigued by this until I actually looked at it on Wikipedia, and from what it's it looks like it's an Ed Helms vehicle. Okay. And I feel like Ed Helms, I feel like he's been getting vehicles lately and they haven't been doing well post-hangover. Those vehicles have been stalling out. <laughs> yes, they've been stalling out. They've been in the ditch in need of a tow. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah. So I'm going to go, um, well, I can't, since I can't do what Greg said to 60, I'm going to go 59 just because 
I feel like I feel like it's got some good people in it. Uh, and and but uh, I feel like because it's Ed Helms is like is like the he's the headliner on it mm-hmm. that people are going to be like I think it was someone else. Like I think it was maybe someone maybe it was their first starring role or someone who was maybe coming up. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like it'll be it'll be it'll I think it'll, it'll be reckoning for Ed Helms. I feel. Mm-hmm. Oh dear! Yeah. Oh dear! Speaking of oh dear, <laughs> on June twenty second, our next big blockbuster hits, and that is Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. Oh boy! Yeah. Colin did not like the first one. <laughs> I also did not care for the first one. My wife loves the first one, but to be fair, it's because for her that was that year's big summer comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe she was on this show when we did uh, did Jurassic World, and she was uh, very adamant that she loved it as a as a big bad movie. Yeah. Uh, I always kind of thought it was it, it was more of like a middling kind of like somewhat uninteresting kind of blockbuster, and I'm guessing that Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom will fall in about the same range. Yeah, this is one of those movies that they make that will do very well financially because audiences all over the world can watch it. Everyone remembers Jurassic Park. Well, everyone likes dinosaurs, and there's not a lot. Like it's one of those movies that'll just play well in like non-English speaking countries because there won't be a lot of dialogue. There will be a lot of CGI dinosaurs and yeah. that's just like good for business. Yeah. And so it'll, it'll be critically panned, but commercially successful because everyone in, you know, you know, the Asia and the Middle East will, will watch it. <laughs> yeah. So. It will be critically panned to the tune of 29%. Oh, 29%. <laughs> that's my guess. Put me down. That. I'll be surprised if it breaks 50. So put me down for 50. 50? I'm trying to find the, the, the director. I, I don't <laughs> recognize. He did the orphanage monsters call the impossible. I watched half of The Impossible and didn't watch the second half for some reason. I think it was just kind of, I got busy somehow and never went back to it. But it was good, the first half of it. Um, what's the what's the rub on this one? I haven't seen the trailer yet. Like, what's the hook? Okay. Okay. Uh, so, so <laughs> where to begin? Here's, here's the problem. The, 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 the island is, is experiencing volcanic activity. Yeah. So the intrepid crew from the first Jurassic World have to, for some reason, go back to the island and save the dinosaurs. The dinosaurs. Specifically yeah. Blue, I think, is kind of yeah, like... Blue is a character now. Blue yeah. is no part of the character. Well, Blue is the hook to get Chris Pratt to come back. Yeah. Um, because he's the he is the alpha male and the most capable of wrangling dinosaurs, and they need him on board or it's doomed to failure. And so the the hook to get him back is, don't you remember your favorite raptor? Well, your favorite raptor is still there, so you could go save Blue, and then also help us save all the other dinosaurs from being explode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's dinosaurs and explosions, and but there, yeah, it, but it also like, seems like there's another there's another little plot where they the the evil company corporation oh make, evil Doctor Wu ma- is still makes, around yeah. makes another like brand new super killer dinosaur that's now like. Makes it sneaking, to the mainland, I think. Yeah, sneaking into like yeah, people's houses yeah. and stuff, and eating it's, all their it cookies. It goes a little, sort of it stuff, goes so. a little Lost World, I think. Yeah. So was, was that, that was that the second original Jurassic Park movie where yeah, all yeah. the dinosaurs are in on mainland now. Yeah, yeah at the take, end, yeah, oh. yeah. Somehow the T Rex sneaks onto a boat. I can't remember how that worked. <laughs> and stealthily eats everyone. Yeah. yeah. There's a plot <laughs> hole. There's a plot hole nope. in that there were also supposed to be raptors on that boat that ate everyone. Yeah. But then the raptors were just kind of left on the editing room floor. So somehow a Tyrannosaurus Rex stealthily ate everyone on a boat. Yeah. 
Greg, what's what's your prediction? I think it'll it'll probably end up being a not very good movie, so I'll take fifty percent on that one. Fifty percent. Uh, Scott beat me by one percent. I said thirty percent for this one. Oh. I think it's gonna. Stink like some triceratops poop. Oh, speaking of which, uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm is back for this. Yes, which is so another... So Jeff Goldblum will be Jeff yeah. Goldblooming up the screen once yeah. again. Oh, there's Jeff Goldblum in this. Well, now Liam yeah. wants to see this movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what? Because uh, I think we both said 50%. Put me down for 55. Call that for 55%. Call that, that's the Goldblum call bump. Call that the people. You beat me to the third Goldblum bump. You know <laughs> Snuck in there. I was about to say Goldblum. <laughs> Damn it. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Yes Painting, a new social enterprise started in Edmonton to help you spruce up your house while giving youth who have had it rough a chance to build a better future for themselves. Yes Painting works just like any other contract painting service. The difference is that the work is done by young people who have been involved with youth empowerment and support services, which helps 15 to 21 year olds who are facing difficult realities such as homelessness, trauma, addictions, or neglect. Yes, Painting teaches business skills and life skills, pays the workers a living wage, and donates half the profits to youth empowerment and support services. Yes, Painting is making the world a better place, one job at a time. Check it out on social at Yes Painting. That's at Yes Painting, Y-E-S-S Painting. And please sign up for your free quote at YesPainting.com. That's Y-E-S-S Painting.com. All right, so uh, the next big blockbuster actually skips us a few weeks and takes us to July 4th, which is a Wednesday, because what better day than the 4th of July than to drop the first purge? Do you guys... The first purge? Are you guys a fan of this series at all? No, I've not seen one of them. I have not seen one of them either. I like the concept. Like when someone explained to me the concept, I'm like, that sounds like a cool movie that they, I can't imagine they executed well. (laughs) <laughs> and then I've never seen them. I watched the second one. That's the only one I've watched from beginning to end. Um, and it was okay. Uh, That's, as I understand it, the general consensus for all of the movies is that they're sort of okay. Yeah. Or, eh. For the most part. Yeah, it's a it's an interesting concept that that kind of breaks down the second you think too much about it. But yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's which are great. Which is interesting that they're going back to the first purge because like then they have to think about how would this actually start. Which is probably the only like this is the one that I've seen the most interested in. Yeah, you tell me the concept. And I'm like, okay, that'd be a fine movie. But it's like them getting to the concept is like that could be like an interesting some interesting dialogue, some interesting like justification for it. Uh, that said, because they are eh, movies and it's a prequel to them, I'm I'm not, and it's also effectively like a horror thriller. Um, I don't expect that it's going to be a critical darling. No. So I'm I'm gonna I will be surprised if it tops fifty percent. I'm gonna go forty five. See, I have a feeling this. I don't know what all the other ones were, but I feel like this will be the best one since the first one. Fair enough. Um, so I, I'll I'll say sixty percent. But again, I'm, I'd be curious to know what the first one got. Greg, what do you got? I'm taking one percent, Colin. One percent, one percent on the board. He's he's fully he's fully prices writing this. <laughs> now one. I'm playing prices writing. Uh, July Fourth is also my birthday. On my birthday, I will not be watching the first purge. <laughs> However, having not seen the other purges, and now confused, so it's gonna be like so. When this is <laughs> what I do like how because they call it the first purge, it will forever confuse people forever about which order the movies go from. It's like, hey, have you seen the first purge? Like. <laughs> 
<laughs> but no, not that first purge. The other first, the first one. This is like, like the first to, purge. Trying to figure out Who's what on order first? to watch the uh, Resident Evil series in. Yeah, uh, I'm going fifty percent just because. Nah, I don't know. It's people, the people, the people who like the purge movies will probably watch it and they'll probably think it's great because it's first. Yeah. Anyway. Now, there is a good question about whether or not it will be a financial success because uh, uh, two days later, another Marvel movie hits theaters. Another one? And July 6th, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, yeah. Now, Ant-Man is definitely one of the, I'm going to call them B, uh, Marvel. Oh, wasp. Marvel movie. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Zing. It's definitely one of the side uh characters but the first ant-man movie was surprisingly good actually i quite liked it and uh, i'm kind of excited to see the sequel Eh. (laughs) the ant-man ant-man for me was right along like doctor strange for like okay passable marvel movies i went to the theater i saw it i didn't hate it kind of thing uh but everyone else seems to like Ant-Man a lot more than me, so I'm uh, I'm totally willing to uh, to be outvoted on that and expect that uh, it'll probably hit somewhere in the 85% range. Now, as I understand it as well, I don't having again, this is Infinity War is happening as we're recording this. And none of us have seen it at this point. So this is pure speculation that may in fact be thoroughly debunked. Uh, by the time you hear this. But I'm under the impression that Ant-Man is not in Infinity War. And I'm under the impression that this is a movie that takes place congruent to that. That there's Because there's Infinity War Part 1 and Infinity yeah. War Part 2. And there's something, there are some movies coming out in between that take place kind of during the events of the first Infinity War. And I think this is one of them. Hmm. So oh, Interesting. And I, I believe that the Captain Marvel movie is another one. As well. And so Ant-Man and Wasp and Captain Marvel might have roles to play in the second Infinity War movie that they're just not necessarily in the first one. So I'm I'm kind of interested to see how that kind of ties together. And so that will definitely get me out to see it in theaters. Um, Critically speaking, eh, I think, what did you say, 85? Yeah. I think that might be too high. Uh, As much as I liked the first Ant-Man, I'm going to say 75. I think that's fair. 75 for Scott. I, I like Paul Rudd a lot, and since we're playing Prices Right Rules and you went before me, 76. <laughs> uh, I'm going uh, 70% just because I think I, I still don't feel like uh, – like I think I think Marvel can play – they play it safe with the Ant-Man movies. They're, they're fun. They're kind of goofy. They're not terribly great. They're not terribly bad, but they're, they always seem to be good enough, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I've seen it. It was fine. It was good. So I'm going to go 70% uh, for, for Ant-Man and the Wasp. July 13th, Friday, July 13th. Is there, is it just me or has there been a lot of Friday the 13th this year? This year. Yeah. There's a lot of them. That's weird. Uh, Hotel Transylvania 3 <laughs> lands on July 13th, Friday, July 13th. Which, I don't remember them making two, I'll be honest. Apropos. <laughs> uh, but that's not the big blockbuster that, uh, that we had noted. Skyscraper is the big blockbuster that we had noted. This is... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson playing um, an amputee, right? Yes, he's a former FBI agent, and yeah, I think he's—I think yeah—one of his one of his legs is is uh, is amputated. He wears like a prosthetic, and, he's and that's stuck the in whole a, plot. He, he, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the movie. I believe he's, right he's stuck in a skyscraper that's falling down for unknown reasons, 
uh, someone on another podcast, I think it was the Slash Film Cast, had, had said that it was like it was like San Andreas two. It's uh, it, so it's actually under attack from terrorists. Oh, I was hoping it was under attack from giant monsters, and it was just him playing another character in. The movie Rampage, yes. Okay, so is this like The Rock's uh, Die Hard then? It looks like it. I'm I'm, I'm pretty down for that. Because The Rock has to die hard. Yeah. Uh, It's the tallest skyscraper in Hong Kong. Uh, And he's the building's head of security, and his bosses insist that it it is impenetrable. But then uh, the building is attacked by terrorists, forcing uh, Dwayne Johnson to take action. And it takes place place in Hong Kong, Mm -hmm. so you know it's a Chinese vehicle, so it's going to do big overseas and it stars not a chinese person or a person from hong kong or any sort of asian person like the most recognizable action star in the world (laughs) like so i'm just i'm just saying it's it's another example of how if you're going to set a movie in asia maybe you know have asian people in it there is uh so there's a actor by the name of uh, chin han who's third billing in the film and there is a there you go singaporean actor who's been who's had a uh a, a a long career in the uh in the top billed Asian actor yeah. in this Asian set movie is third build. Yes. That's behind Dwayne so Johnson typical. and uh, Canadian sweetheart Nev Campbell. There you go. Oh, right on. Yeah, oh, wow. Wow. yeah. She's yeah. back. I'm not trying to slag on The Rock here either, who is who is fantastic. I wonder if she's in uh, at any point uh, trying to evade a skyscraper if she needs to walk along a catwalk. Maybe. Maybe. A, okay. Never mind. I feel like that was just for me. (laughs) (laughs) Someone got it. So Skyscraper is basically the big action blockbuster. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's going to be like Fast and Furious vein. So it's going to do well financially. It's going to be, user reviews are probably going to be pretty good, but I don't know that the critical reviews are going to be too great. I'm going to, I'm going to put it at, uh, I'm going to put it at a cool 50. I've already seen people making fun of the poster, so because uh, it's like he's making some kind of jump that cannot be made. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was great. Just like this poster looks terrible, and also it looks like the poster to Rampage. Uh, I don't care about this movie, so I don't even care if I'm wrong. I will, <laughs> I will not watch this at, at any point. Gag uh, thirty. I believe in you, Dwayne. Seventy uh, percent. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. I do not believe in you. Hmm. I think people. I think audiences are getting some Dwayne Johnson fatigue. Baywatch didn't do very well. Uh, I think Rampage has been sort of Rampage underperformed, from what I understand. It hasn't like it, Quiet Place was actually beating it out in some places. Yeah, I think it's been okay, but it hasn't been like like I think it's no longer just The Rock can't just show or Rock Dwayne Johnson can't just show up and just make all the monies. I'm going 15 percent for this movie. I think it's gonna. Sorry, Nev Campbell. We'd love to see you back. That's a horror movie in the beginning of January level. Yes. Right. Yeah. Is, yeah. I'm going 15. percent Well, and it's also an action movie that's trying to action up a month that just a few weeks later has Mission Impossible slapped all over it. Yes. Because July 27th, Mission Impossible Fallout, which sadly is probably not a Mission Impossible movie set in the Fallout <laughs> IP, which would be amazing. Yeah, I'm the wrong guy to ask about these because I just genuinely do not care about straight up action movies. Like, I like an action movie like Avengers when it's like there's lasers or there's robots or yeah. there's laser robots, swords. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or there's some or like a heist movie where like if there's violence, it's to get to, uh, you know, to get to the heist or a car chase away from the heist. But just like action for action's sake, never does anything for me. So I'm again, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. I like. I'll just say 50 is a safe bet. It's mostly because I don't care. <laughs> Every, so um, so the reason I'm interested, I think most people will be interested in this one, is not so much that it's because, uh, um, 
that it's a Mission Impossible movie, but because uh, Henry Cavill of uh, mm-hmm. Superman fame is the villain, and he sports the mustache in this, which actually caused all the problems oh, yes. for Justice League because when they did the reshoots, <laughs> he's like, "Sorry, man, I'm got a mustache. I'm shooting fall- Mission Impossible Fallout." This so, is the movie that ruined so Justice this, League. So we've been we've been hearing about this mustache film for <laughs> four years. This is the famous mustache this film. Is, this is the famous mustache film. Well, the mustache uh, alone has to give it a bit of a bump. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I actually, so I I've, I actually run hot and cold on Mission Impossible. Like, I really like the first one. The second one is crazy bonkers. Uh, third one is kind of eh. I really like Gross Protocol. Uh, Rogue Nation, I was not quite so jazzed about. Although it was all right. Like, I like I generally like these movies. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to say 90% because I feel like it's hard to do, hard, hard to screw these up. And I think Tom, I think... Tom Cruise, when he makes these movies now, because he produces them, he's like, I kind of, they want crazy stunts. They want gadgets. They kind of know what, know what they want. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's it, because it's not superheroes. I think it might be do all right. So, so now I'm going to go 90%. I think the, the must, because the mustache. Now, the last time Tom well. Cruise was in a big, huge action stunt spectacular, though, we reviewed it on this very show and, we and it was murdered. the mummy and oh. it was awful yes so uh i am not as uh confident as colin and uh i am going to but uh, at the same time it is a mission impossible movie so um i'm i'm gonna say it's gonna go over 50 but i don't think it's gonna go much over 50 i'm gonna give it 55 yeah this is another movie where uh, tom cruise is working with his longtime partner christopher christopher mcquarrie uh who has kind of a an up and down history Having said that, you know, the Mission Impossible movies are, tend to be, uh, especially lately, tend to be critical darlings. The last two were really? both 93%. Yeah. Really? Because uh, yeah. I just ignored them entirely, <laughs> so I didn't even realize they were yeah. okay. okay. So yeah. I am going to say that uh, the trend continues and go with 93% again. Uh, Liam, did I actually get a number from you? No, but see, I think I might have said 50, but I'm, I'm okay. getting, uh, you know, put me down for 60 just because I want to <laughs> win. Okay, but fair enough. My interest level is five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they like it like they, I think once you hit Ghost, Ghost Protocol, they, they found this sort of a secret formula of you've got Simon Pegg for your comic relief. You have Tom Cruise actually doing like bonkers, crazy stunts, like climbing up the tallest building in Dubai or literally hanging out of a plane as it's taking off. And I think, yeah, and just doing all sorts of crazy, wacky stuff. So that's why it always gets love at the Oscars every year. Oh, wait. No. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) What's the next one we got? Is this the last one? This is the last Last one. one. Uh, August 10th, a few weeks later. I think we can all agree the biggest blockbuster, the most anticipated movie of the summer, lands in theaters, and it is The Meg. Thomas Jane. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. That's what I meant to say. (laughs) After escaping an attack, what he claims was a 70-foot shark, uh, Jonas Taylor must confront his fears to save those trapped in a sunken submersible. This is a giant shark movie, ladies and gentlemen. The sharks are back. It's, It's giant shark versus submarine. And it's probably going to be critically panned. Uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt of that. Even if it makes like a ton of money, I, I, I even think if it's yeah, no like, chance the critics like it. Even if it's snakes on the pl- on a plane popular, yeah, uh, it's going to get panned by the critics. Yeah. I wonder what's I I wonder what will do worse, skyscraper or this? I skyscraper. Bet, you think skyscraper, skyscraper will go 
I've, I'm going to say skyscraper is 10% now that I think about it. I've dropped it 5%. You can't, you can't go back, Okay, geez. I can't go back 15%. Back you've 15%. already, you've locked that in. <laughs> what did I say for skyscraper? Uh, you said uh, 30% for skyscraper. Uh, 25 for 25 the MIG. 25 for, for the MIG? Yeah, this looks like the kind of movie that like the the, the premise looks awesome and you're like, I kind of do want to see that. And then, you know, the the reviews start dropping and it's sitting at like 15%. And you're like, nah, I guess I'll not see it at all. So 15% for Ooh, me. The poster looks really weird because the, the, the logo is in like like green, like lime green. Mm-hmm. And I, so when I looked it up, I was like, is this like a beach comedy? <laughs> like the answer nice, is yes. Like, and it's like, oh, no, it's an action thriller. Okay, well, it looks... The poster looks like the poster to Baywatch. Ten. Ooh. Ten percent. Wow. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think puts it's... Puts me in a tough spot on that. I don't think it's going to be well-reviewed at all. I'm going well off the board here because I'm a mad person. Seventy percent for the Meg. <laughs> Someone believes in the Meg. Someone believes... I, I, it's, it's hey, got, if it turns out to be the best movie of the year and it rates 90%, you're the closest got, without going over. It's so. got Rain Wilson in it. It's got uh, Ruby Rose, so I'm not sure who that is, but that's okay. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be... I think it's gonna be fun, fun time. It's got Thomas Jane in it. If you're, if I'm to be Is believed, <laughs> no. I'm looking. I'm looking at the cast. No, they're not gonna let him do anything since that Frankenstein movie. I, like he's done. He's, <laughs> he was. He's in. Uh, um, oh God, what's the space show? He'll be voicing uh, no, no. Movies. That's based on the book series, uh, The Expanse. He's in oh the yeah, Expanse, okay, okay. and he's okay. really good in it. So they let him do TV. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And uh, TV is no longer considered the actor's ghetto anymore. So. Yeah. No, not at all. A lot of big names uh, are doing TV now because the TV has got good regular paychecks and big budgets and a yeah. lot of artistic value now. There you go. Yeah. So uh, movie stars aren't afraid to do a TV show now. Uh, speaking of which, have any of you guys been watching Lost in Space? No. No, not yet. No. Uh, it is awesome. That's whatever. And you should be watching it because the production value on it is incredible. Um, the writing is uh, is quite good. Every every episode's got like some sort of like fun little danger contraption that the uh, the heroes get themselves into and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun, but it also has a lot of great uh, great themes and arcs mm. all the way through. Uh, yeah, so I think that uh, pretty much covers it. Uh, you, the listener, uh, we'd be interested to hear what you think uh, these movies will do. Uh, you can go to our uh, social media pages, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and I have some notes. You can let us know what uh, you think the ratings will be on some of these films. Uh, if you get them all right, nothing will happen, but you can have the satisfaction of knowing uh, you got them all right. Uh, Liam, uh, you let uh, you get. What are you up to? What do, what can you want to pitch for people? Oh, uh, for uh, Edmonton listeners, uh, you can catch me doing all sorts of comedy around town. There are two very exciting venues that are operating comedy shows right now that I, I really want to get people uh, drawing their attention to. Uh, I do a show called Odd Wednesday every other Wednesday. Mm, get it? <laughs> uh, at the Sewing Machine Factory on White Ave. Uh, you can go to thedebutantes.ca to to learn more about that. And uh, there's a very cool comedy theater just opened up just south of White Ave uh, called the Grindstone Comedy Theater. There's fantastic stand-up, improv, sketch, poetry readings, whatever, you know, who knows what's going on there every night of the week. I recommend checking it out. But my particular improv company, Sorry Not Sorry, has shows there every night, sorry, not every night, every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Perfect. 
Liam has just committed to doing the show every night. <laughs> I would if I could. Uh, Scott, you have a podcast. I do. It's called I Have Some Notes, and you're listening to it. <laughs> uh, but I also have another podcast uh, called The Read Along. It's a mini book club for your ears. My darling wife, Anita, and I uh, read through a book chapter by chapter, and every week we release our thoughts and our analyses and our deep dives and our opinions and whatnot. We're currently reading Artemis by Andy Weir. It's his second novel. He is the guy who wrote The Martian. Uh, for those of you who m- might remember the title of the uh, the famous movie and uh, maybe not the author who wrote it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's uh, pretty good so far. And because it's a podcast, you can start listening at any point and uh, play catch up with us. So uh, check that out. I recently picked up Artemis, uh, so I am reading it. Uh, and I will be listening to your podcast very shortly in the near future, as should all of our listeners. Indeed. There you go. Uh, if you uh, if you like this podcast and you want to listen to lots of other podcasts uh, besides Scott's, uh, do check out the Alberta Podcast Network at albertapodcastnetwork.com. Uh, we are a proud member of that network, and there are just so many wonderful, wonderful podcasts. Uh, anything you can think of. You want to listen about uh, soccer, Edmonton history. Do you want to hear, hear about stuff about uh, there's other nerdy podcasts? Just so much stuff. Uh, go check out uh, the Alberta Podcast Network, uh, powered by ATB Financial. You can find this show and others on the on G Radio. Uh, you can find that at gradio.ca. And uh, if you want a, a nice catch-all for all these things, uh, go to do C, go to the CKUA Radio app. Download it on the Apple App Store. You can find this podcast there on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. Uh, and if you like this show, if you want to, uh, you know, leave us a review, leave leave us a comment. We greatly appreciate it. It really, really helps the podcast. That's it for us. Uh, thanks for listening. We appreciate there's a million podcasts out there. You chose to listen to this one. Really, thank you for that. And uh, yeah, we will uh, catch you next time, the next episode. Keep watching, guys. <laughs> <laughs>